And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. If you can't listen overnight live to one of our great radio stations, you can listen when and where you want on your smartphone. Speaking of smartphone and Twitter, uh, they are relaunching today uh, the subscription service Twitter Blue with a few modifications and a higher price tag for Apple users. All right. Twitter Blue, which will allow subscribers to edit tweets, upload high-definition videos, and get a blue check mark, will cost $8 per month for users who purchase a subscription through the web, but $11 per month through Apple. Mm. And they go on to say Apple took on, or Musk took on Apple last month uh, about its 30% commission on in-app purchases. I don't know if that's why the price is higher. They don't link it. They bring that this up in this article, but they don't link it directly saying mm. Musk is doing this because of what Apple charges. So Twitter said Saturday will replace the official account designation given to a number of prominent businesses with a gold check mark. Government and uh, multilateral accounts are set to receive gray check marks. All right. Uh, Twitter blue users were not required to verify their identities to receive the blue check mark during the initial rollout last month. However, Twitter's latest announcement suggests users will now go through a review process before receiving a blue check mark. Mm. All right. Eight dollars a month, unless it's iPhone eleven. <laughs> now, can you subscribe if you have an iPhone and you subscribe, you could go to the web and get the subscription for eight dollars. You gonna be able to access it on your iPhone? No idea. Yeah, that's what's confusing. Because paying a, a Unless there was a superior service that was exclusive to the iPhone. Some superior benefit. 
I don't know why anybody would pay the extra three bucks. Not worth it to me. I don't know why anybody would pay the eight bucks. Yeah, I just. I mean, <laughs> it's that time of year again when I review all my subscriptions and go, mm, no, thanks. No, thanks. No, thanks. And the ones that I keep are the ones that I think that have the most value that either are work-related or are uh, provide a level of entertainment, and, and I, I visit them on a regular basis. Well, the and I just got it this year, a couple months ago. The 10 bucks for YouTube, no commercials, is worth it for me. Yep. I think I watch more YouTube than anything. Yeah. Because there's so much that I can get. Mm-hmm. So many different videos and not having those commercials kick in and it, it cuts right in the middle. I mean, it's not like they edit it mm-hmm. like a, a TV network. Right. It just cuts right in. You're like, well, this is really commercial. Yeah. And and so for me, uh, every day when I'm on YouTube, I'm like, that's the best decision I ever made. Now, that's 10 bucks. That's worth it. Yeah, I pay that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, definitely pay that. Um, I wouldn't pay Netflix, but my. Uh, cell phone provider pays for it. I don't watch a heck of a lot, but I definitely wouldn't pay it if I had to pay it myself. Uh, Prime video, I'm going to pay for Amazon Prime on deliveries anyway. Yeah, you get that anyway. So, And HBO Max I did for a month. Mm -hmm. Haven't pulled the uh, trigger on that. I only did it for a month so I could watch A Christmas Story Christmas. Right, yeah. And, but I'm looking at all the other movies. Nothing is of interest. I've Here's the thing. I think I've seen every movie I want to watch. Well, you know, you can rent movies in so many, you know, uh, areas and you can see them. If it ends up being like a, a Netflix exclusive, let's say I didn't have Netflix. Man, I can't think of any movie I've watched that was a Netflix production that I would say I'd pay for that. Not one. Yeah, I've, I think that I've, may yeah. actually be one of the problems Netflix may have going forward. You know, one of the things that you could see, uh, the studios, um, you know, it's become proprietary on the streaming side, right? Um, but you could see, uh, you, you do see, when they put it up for rent and they'll say, all right, exclusively on this, and then they'll allow it uh, for rent like six months later. Netflix has never done that. If it's a Netflix exclusive, you're not going to be able to go rent it on Prime Video or anywhere else that mm-hmm. you rent right. online streaming videos. Right, And that may be an issue for them going forward. And And I guess we'll see. Uh, depends on how profitable they can remain as a company. You know, I know they have a, a lot of exclusive uh, stuff on on Prime mm-hmm. and their own original programming. Mm-hmm. Most of it I haven't watched, but I will say this: and I did. I just I started watching it, and I went, "I'm not going to like this because I loved the two Reacher movies with uh, with Cruz. Mm-hmm. I just thought they were great. Yeah, I thought it was great in that. Mm-hmm. And when they said, "Okay, our own original, you know, series," I went, "Oh, it's going to suck." I don't want, I can't, I'm going to, it was great. It was good. I watched yep. all eight 
It was like a doing nothing one day. I started watching it. Next thing you know, whatever work I was doing around the house was gone. I watched all eight, which is and like I would seven say hours. they failed in big ways on the trailer of, of that series. Mm. Oh, really? Uh, that first season, I the trailer didn't catch me at all. It took me a while to watch that to actually say, okay, because one of the criticisms of having Tom Cruise play Reacher, play Jack Reacher was the fact that he wasn't big enough. Mm-hmm. Jack Reacher in the books is a, you know, he's like six foot four, six foot five, whatever. He's huge. And the actor that's playing him in the series is it's huge. huge. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think does a great job. But they also... They did not put that on display in the trailer right. for the, the first season. And I think now you can see that, I don't know about the critics because i really don't care what they say but the, you could see a lot of viewers were saying oh man this is this is good we want a second season which they're going to have but you know that's the thing is that i didn't mind uh you know tom cruise i thought the movies that uh the first couple of movies were good i never read the books you know i didn't read the books so it didn't didn't make that kind of right. impact on me um i get it but it was this for me. I like a good cop drama. I like a good cop drama, but they had very good uh, character development yeah. in that movie. So the yeah. the yeah, yeah. Uh, supporting uh, actors were just great. Yeah, they, they, they did. Great. No, it was it was really well done. And when you can do that, um, it it comes off uh, like a good book. It can often come off like a good book. Uh, Michael Connelly, who is a great writer. Uh, a, a a true crime, not true, not true crime, but crime uh, writer, and he wrote for a number of newspapers before he started writing fiction, and he had a series called Bosch on Amazon. Great cop show, great cop show, and those are the things I I like to watch. Where you know it's it, it they present it as what it is. It doesn't try and be anything that it's not. But for what I will pay for, you know, it, it's like I look and yeah. okay, ten bucks for, uh, uh, you know, to have it now. I think two months for Amazon mm-hmm. and not have the commercial or not Amazon, uh, YouTube is just wonderful. But I just don't see, I don't see any reason to pay eight bucks to, for Twitter. No, I just don't no. see the return. And 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 I and I like what's happening right now with Twitter. And I like the way that censorship is being, uh, you know, exposed. And 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 possible, especially with the FBI involvement, uh, you know, possible First Amendment issues with the FBI involvement in Twitter and the Biden administration now, and to see where this goes now with the mm-hmm. laptop, because now this le- more legit legitimizes. Because one of the stories is you can't sit there and say what's happening with Twitter and not say, well, this is because the Hunter Biden story that they said was all false was completely true, right? And so I like, but still, I don't see for the product that he is selling. I just, I don't see $8 or $11. I, you know, I would say this, I mean, and you know, what the heck do I know? But, uh, as a consumer, it took a long time for me to pull the trigger on, on YouTube to pay for YouTube. But when I realized I was going there more and more, I was like, okay, I'm not, I, and it, it is a time thing, um, but it's also, there is, like, if you're watching something where somebody is 
you know, kind of an instructional video or feedback or something, you're looking to get that thought conveyed in a way that, you know, you don't want interrupted. And that for me, it was, was most important. If, if they're going to, if he's going, if Elon Musk plans to compete with YouTube on Twitter and have more of that kind of content, then okay. But you're going to have to build that value long before I I pay for it. I mean, I'm going to have to see that value as a user. I'm simply not going to pay yeah. for it. It could develop into something, but it's not. It, it might. It's not there. It I, might. Yeah. For example, I got I I got the commercial for YouTube when I realized the content was there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I wanted it. And I mean, just for just for I mean. You, just put Jordan Peterson and you get all the different debates that he has had with everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I mean, to be able yeah. to watch yeah. all that stuff. And that's just a part of it. But anything that any interest that I have on anything, I wonder about this. And I'll check for, I'll put it into Google. And I go, oh, let me check YouTube first for it. <laughs> yeah. I get, right. I get some, I can get some expert on it explaining to me exactly what's going on and in long form. And and news organizations also now have their own channels. So especially with local news channels, yep. If there's a story in a in a market that's other than mine, then I can watch what the local coverage yep. is. Quite often, if it's a big enough story, and and follow along because it, it to me I I like to to see that. I like to see the what the local coverage is well, on the stories. When it's when they had the snowstorm in Buffalo before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. able to watch all the yeah. local coverage, on right? It. Right, and it was like great. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. that's the other beauty of it. You can instantaneously go when something happens in a particular city and see how the local stations are covering it because they all jump on YouTube now. And I don't watch a lot of the local news here. I don't watch a lot of television that way. But their channels, the local channels, each have you know they'll put out a story, mm-hmm. whatever the story might be, or their forecast, whatever it is, and it's right there in my feed. And I can watch that and then move on, you know. So we'll see what they what they're able to do at Twitter, and how many people are willing to pay. I think you're going to have a number of people that are already paying for the blue check. That's what's interesting. Reading so many of the stories over the weekend, reading the comments, mm-hmm. and you start seeing a ton of people that are already paying for blue checks, and it's like, all right. We'll see where it goes. I mean, I'm interested in the business model. Uh, that's fascinating to me, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not willing to pay for that. I'm willing to pay for content at some point. I don't find the content to be a value just yet. Eight six six ninety red eye You may not be able to predict blizzards and ice storms, but you can prepare your truck to handle them. Make sure your truck is prepared for any last-minute winter storms by keeping tabs on your tires before each trip. Proper tire traction is essential year-round, but especially during winter when the roads are slick and roadway behavior is unpredictable. Protect your tire investment with routine checks and pre-trip inspections all winter long. Check pressure levels, tread depth, and inspect for any visible damage or debris stuck in wheel components. Look for steam or melted snow coming off wheel hubs, as this could indicate your wheel bearings are overheating. If necessary, give your tires a warm wash before inspecting them, as snow can cover potential warning signs of damage. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. 
Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, this story out late or late yesterday afternoon, uh, early evening, the U.S. government, U.S. government scientists at a California laboratory have reportedly made a monumental breakthrough in harnessing the power of fusion energy. The scientists working at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory recently achieved a net energy gain in a fusion reaction, the Financial Times reported, citing three people with knowledge of the experiment. Scientists have been struggling since the 1950s to harness the fusion reaction that powers the sun, but no group has been able to produce more energy from the reaction than it consumes. And and therefore, unlike fission that we normally have, you have waste, uh, uh, you know, uh, with it. Uh, the whole concept of fusion is that, uh, you know, you would not. Though developing fusion power stations at scale is still decades away, the breakthrough has significant implication uh, implications as the world seeks to wean itself off fossil fuels. Fusion reactions emit zero carbon and do not produce any long-lasting radioactive waste. Per the Times, a small cup of hydrogen fuel could potentially power a house for hundreds of years. If this is confirmed, and I'm waiting for peer review on this, by the way. Mm. If this is confirmed, we are witnessing a moment in history, said Dr. Arthur Terrell, a plasma physicist. Scientists have struggled to show that fusion can release more energy than is put in since the 1950s, and the researchers at Lawrence Livermore seem to have finally absolutely smashed this decades-old goal. Uh, U.S. Secretary, U.S. Energy Secretary uh, Jennifer Granholm and Undersecretary for Nuclear Security Jill uh, Herbie are expected to formally announce a major scientific breakthrough on Tuesday. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. You know, it would be crossing that threshold of, of a net gain, and then from there, then how do you produce a much larger net gain? Uh, then you talk of theoretically what the infrastructure changeover would look like. But, of course, you've got to get beyond the NIMBY effect. That'll take 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is in 200 years, we'll finally do it. You know, if you think about all of the – what with with technology innovation – in the last hundred years, since 1922, all that's come about, look at the list of things that have come about. If you were to add to it this over the next, I don't know, 30, 40 years. Because one thing that has changed, and I, uh, this is one question I would have for the scientists involved, is our ability to learn and adapt has, has also progressed to a point where it's much greater, it's much faster. So 
reasonably what would be the timeline of something like this without the NIMBY effect? What would be the timeline? And they say decades, but is that really the case? Well, and I, I guess it just depends again on the will to pursue it, the cost and two things. Else. Uh, uh, as, as you brought up, uh, the, the infrastructure, but number two, the cost. Yeah, yeah, that's that, what, that was yeah. that was my question. That's that's part of the infrastructure. Yeah, that's, would be the cost. That's, yeah, that's my question. Right. Is that you know what if if you could do it without the NIMBY effects in effect, what are we looking at, and what would that cost be, and what would be the interest in investment? Say, play Red Eye Radio, and if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. To get into more details of the Financial Times uh, story reported on Sunday night that scientists in uh, the California based Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory had achieved a net energy gain from an experimental fusion uh, uh, reactor. Uh, they said the their analysis is still ongoing. They look forward to sharing more information. The fusion reaction produced a 120% net energy gain occurred in the past two weeks, the Financial Times said, citing three people with knowledge of the pre- preliminary results. That means that I'm, I'm going to guess that everything that you put into it, you know, to run because they had basically they had uh, in this uh, experimental fission reactor, they had almost they had almost 200 lasers the size of three football fields that bombarded a tiny spot with high levels of energy to initiate a fusion reaction. Now, fission is what we use right now. You get a lot of nuclear waste out of it. That's the biggest problem, as we all know, and the possibility of a meltdown. Uh, Fusion doesn't split the atom; it combines two nuclei together, and and creates the the energy um, uh, that way. Nuclear fusion is considered by some scientists to be a potential energy of the future, particularly as it produces little waste and uh, no greenhouse uh, uh, gases. So, you know, I've always said that. I've always said that, you know, what would be the power source of the future if they ever figure out how to do fusion? Mm-hmm. I never viewed hydrogen as the way. You need too much energy. It just does, doesn't get you there. Uh, wind and solar doesn't get you there, as we've always stated. Fusion, now, as you were asking during the break, all right, so they've got this facility that consists of almost 200 lasers the size of three football fields, which is bombarding a tiny spot so you you can initiate the fusion reaction. You know, you got the react. How do you harness all that to make it commercially viable would be the next question that I think most people would want to ask the, the scientists. It'll be interesting to see what the peer review is of this because you're just like me. The next question would be, what is the, if this is true, what 
do the scientific futurists project the length of time to commercialize this? Well, because according to the Financial Times story, again, this this massive gain has happened in the last two weeks. Right. Which means it's a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. It's a breakthrough in the technology, the methodology, or something, or all the above. And you talk about, when you talk about energy, all right, there's only uh, each source of energy has its limits, as this would, but it would have fewer limits. But the idea is, uh, my question would be, what limitations uh, do you see right now? Or because this has happened over the last two weeks, according to the story, if that is true, and they're able to go from no net gain whatsoever to a 20% net gain, what was it that changed? Is it is it a 20% or 120%? Because they, they say 120%, which would be different than 20% net gain. They said 120%, 120% net gain? Yes, is what uh, I – let me just see here. 100% uh, – 100 the fusion reaction that produced a 120% net energy gain is what I have. Yeah, okay, which it was – yeah, 120% right. of the 2.1 megajoules of energy that the lasers – all right, so if you went from no net gain no, to – No, but there's – the reason I asked that – I'm, I'm yeah. not I'm, – I'm, I'm still confused as to the whether the 120% – means the 100% you put in and just a 20% or whether it's 120% if if you if you put in a certain level let's just say 100 if it's 120 or does it mean that it's 220 well it said it produced about 2.5 megajoules of energy which was about 120% of the 2.1 so that tells me 20% that you regain the 100% Plus twenty percent. That twenty percent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Right, okay. Well, so, that, which is that's, that, which is it, what that, I thought. I'd I'm glad yeah, you asked yeah. the question. That's so, true. so the question would be, then, all right, what was changed? Now we're getting into the 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 realm of the movie, the Saint, where every nation wants the secret. Right? <laughs> uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about this. We're not gonna talk about it. But. The energy secretary is going to be part of this uh, this this uh, presentation on Tuesday. There's a reason for that. It's number one to promote the agenda of this administration, but number two to say, mm, you know, if if this can be done, we're in. Remember, they reintroduced nu- nuclear energy recently. And they had set it aside before, then reintroduced the idea of it. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess that's my question: is is um, is do they believe that they're at a, a plateau with that that twenty percent? Because if you go from bringing back no net gain to having a net gain of twenty percent, and if it's true that this was achieved over the last couple of weeks, then they hit some kind of this is a major breakthrough if it were all right we got a half a percent back 
And it was technically, it was a net gain. You could say, all right, are there variables there that may change that? And But if you look at it the way it's written here in the Financial Times and that's the way it's the story is being presented all over the world now, then the question has to become, well, hold on, you hit something. You kicked a door open after 70 years of being on this mission. And while you don't have to get into proprietary items, the question is, can you keep doing that? And to what extent does it need, does that reaction need to be greater in order to facilitate actually being a consistent energy source on a wide scale? Net energy ratio for solar, 5.8. Natural gas, 4.9. Petroleum, Mm 4.5. Cold fire electricity, 2.5 to 5.1. Right. Now, I'm just looking at, I just just went to Wikipedia and and looked at that. They could be in, not Wikipedia, I went to Google and just put it in and it came up. And it doesn't say, I don't know where I'm getting it from even. Obtaining energy resources, it's called. So 20% would be quite impressive. And and so that would be uh, another question. All right, so you got a net gain of 0.4 megajoules of energy. De- demonstrate to us in layman's terms how much energy that is. What would it power and for how long? And what would it take to go from the experimental say, stage to the mass production stage of electricity, the commercialized mass production right. of this, how far are we away from it and why? Right. You know, NIMBY is a given, but but beyond that, then the actual technical part of the infrastructure. Well, if you can convince, I mean, it is true, the the the, the waste is not the same. It's not the same as a normal. No, that's a, no, that, that, and that's and, a good point. And so, and that's so a huge long, part of the NIMBY. How, yeah, how how long? You know, would it just be people are unsure of it because it's a new technology and they hear it but they don't trust it and they believe it's not safe or yeah. whatever. I mean, I, I think that really is uh, the the two big ones are number one is it safe? Number two is it dependable? You know, is it what happens in the events of uh, you know a massive shutdown at a power plant and and um what is the potential what would cause a a shutdown i would i would think too uh for those of us that are concerned about national security how vulnerable would it be is it any more vulnerable or less vulnerable than the current in infrastructure and grid that we have now and can the current grid accommodate this, assuming you could produce this same energy or this energy in the same location of the, the power plants now that we have? What else about the grid needs to change to facilitate that, to take it from production or, or well, yeah, it is production at that point all the way to the end user? Are we all going to have to get new phone chargers? There's the number one question. But I mean, that would be the, that would be the, because 
I'll tell you, I live in an older neighborhood, and I, I joke about the phone charger thing, but, I mean, we have fluctuations and and power surges. And they're not to the da- dangerous level, you need- but it, it does happen. And my question would be, is this more consistent? Is, you know, what are the upgrades? What What's the up and down of all of this? The main fuels used in nuclear fusion, deuterium, and is it tritium? Mm-hmm. Uh, which tritium can be made from lithium. Uh, right. The other one can, uh, can be extracted from seawater inexpensively. Mm. So that's what you're you're dealing with. So while well, they're worried about their oceans rising, we can fix that. Believe me, you're going to see peer review stuff on this real quick. Oh yeah, or it's, analysis well, on this. And the see. activists are going to jump on board too, because if you're talking right. about having to open more and more lithium mines and everything else. Well, no, you can't be mining from the earth. can't be stealing from the ocean. You can't be mining the lithium. I mean, we've, we've kind of been there, done that on other things. But the fact of the matter is, is that the, uh, we've been talking about the, the potential. Well, we can, we can all look at the aging grid and say, all right, what is going to be, and, and ask the question, what's going to be the future? And what is it that we expect? Wind and solar is not the future. No. It just simply isn't. <clears throat> Never has been. Because you can't, uh, on a uh, on a day where the wind isn't there, and there are a few clouds that actually happen in, in Texas, you can't be telling people, hey, sorry, you can't charge your phone in the afternoon. Turn off your AC. There are a few clouds in West Texas. That's not going to here cut it. Is, it. Right here, because we're talking about lithium. Out of gas, a shortage of, is it, uh, is it uh, T-R-I-T-I-U-M? Is that tritium? Mm-hmm. Uh, Some, yeah. Fuel may leave fusion energy with an empty tank. So we may not have the fuel to even get it started with. Yeah. This is from science.org. Right. From uh, June of this year. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, if you're going to do this on a massive scale... Then exactly what is the and and what is required to build out that infrastructure and to power all of this? It just yeah. simply, you know, this is it's it's one thing, and and this is the problem with the media. They focus on well, look, it's it could uh, it could get us to zero carbon emissions, blah blah blah. Well, you got to get there first, and how do you do that? It's it's intriguing all day long, but you've got to be able to have sustainable, and I mean sustainable in that it's going to be there for people uh, when they turn their lights on, dependable. It's going to have to, and it's going to have to be cheap. $30,000 per gram, more than the pot in California since they started taxing it. Slightly more, yeah. <laughs> 86690 Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 86690 Red Eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. So, what they say is uh, tritium, which has a half life of 
12, 12 and a half years exists naturally only in trace amounts in the upper atmosphere, the product of cosmic ray bombardment. Nuclear reactors also produce tiny amounts, but they don't harvest it. Most fusion scientists shrug off the problem, arguing that future reactors can breed the tritium they need. The high-energy neutrons released in fusion reactions can split lithium into helium and tritium if the reactor wall is lined with the metal, despite demand for it in electric car batteries. You know, the availability of lithium's there if, if yeah. people will allow you to, to mine it. Mm-hmm. But there's a catch. In order to breed tritium, you need a working fusion reactor. And there may not be enough tritium to jumpstart the first generation of power plants. Hmm. So there you go. They, they talk about the only commercial sources are in, uh, there's one in uh, in Canada, which, uh, uh, 19 of them in Canada, which produce about 0.5 kilograms a year as a waste product, and half are due to retire this decade. Hmm. So there you go. Somebody call Elon Musk. He'll figure it yeah. out. <laughs> This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and if you find you can't listen live overnight, you can listen when and where you want it on your smartphone. There you go. I'm reading this headline in Mediaite.com. New leak to media, Elon Musk's letter threatening Twitter employees who leaked to the media. Well, that's commonplace. You know... It's interesting because they've the the liberal media has made so many stories out of him doing things that are normal, very normal in terms of doing business. I don't know of an employer, uh, and maybe there are a few out there, but I don't know of an employer that would that has a policy that it's okay to share things, internal things, yeah, with the media. And I I, th- I believe I don't know if it's in our contract. I believe that that's a policy. We can't. It's a policy. Yeah, I can't share. It says it on the emails. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I never actually read that stuff. Right. Uh, but <laughs> I'm getting myself in trouble now. Uh, yeah, you're you're not supposed to share it outside, and if you do, you can get sued. Right. <laughs> For whatever damages they believe. You may be giving to the competition or whomever. But the liberal media wants you to believe that Elon Musk is keeping them hush, hush. What's what secrets is he hiding? This is the ridiculous nature of the media. As as he's exposing all the secrets they've been hiding. Right. That that they themselves (laughs) aren't covering. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just it gets into I mean, everything. Oh. It's just, it's insane right now. It really is. And again, just when you think it can't get more insane, it uh-huh. it just, it does. Crazier and crazier yeah. by the moment. Be interesting to see what happens this week now. 
Yeah, I mean, it seems like it is uh, a nonstop flow now of of uh, of of the Twitter files. Anybody who appears, <laughs> anybody who appears in the Twitter files will probably appear at the <laughs> Republican hearings. <laughs> starting in january yeah, right because it seems like every time what why is mccarthy saying oh that must be in the twitter files i i haven't i haven't read the new thread yeah <laughs> right it happened over the weekend a couple times well that that person who what oh, oh okay all right all right okay yeah and the the one thing though that really came out of this weekend and we we went through early on all the minutia of everything that was that was uh released and and some of the concerns that some people should have one of them though that i saw was you know the the thing on dorsey i just don't know the t- the exact timeline i would need to see the exact timeline of when he said certain things like he said there is no um shadow banning doesn't exist you know i know that he made that i know he said something like that to that effect in 2018 2018 yes but yeah, the question is, all right, how does it correlate with everything else that's that's going on that we're learning from right. the, the uh, but I, Twitter files? I did see a number of articles stating, whoops, perjury. Like, ooh, because how couldn't he know? And again, as we've seen, uh, you know, lying to the FBI, mm-hmm. perjury can be tough mm-hmm. when the jury says, well, yeah, doesn't matter what he lied. It's not important to us. <laughs> so well and and that's the thing is that all right then the how do you case. how do you uh how do you prove that he was unaware you know in the court of public opinion it's like come on there's no way you weren't aware yeah. of this but if you're trying to make the legal case and he simply just keeps saying i was not aware you, well but i guess the the question would be is there going to be uh, some kind of hard proof in the future Twitter files release. Well, we know whether it is, whether it's, uh, you know, Russia collusion, mm-hmm. which ended up being, again, uh, made up by the, the Democratic Party and the Hillary campaign. Uh, and uh, whether it's that disinformation that was put out by the media for such a long time and embraced by Twitter and Facebook and other social media, and it was all disinformation from the very beginning. It was all false, yeah. and they were all involved in it. And then the Hunter Biden laptop story, which was absolutely true, and all the mainstream media was involved hmm. in doing whatever they could to hide that story before the election when it comes to covid and the effects on on children and lockdowns and everything, the same thing happened. And I think there has never been a clearer moment because of what Elon Musk has brought. Whatever you think, whatever charges could be filed or the hearings, whatever. What we do now know right now is that you have cooperation between the Democrats the Democrats in government, the media, and social media to keep the truth from the American public. Mm -hmm. Whenever they wish to, on major important issues, keep the truth 
from you. They are all in it together. And if you don't believe us, then why isn't the mainstream media covering the Elon Musk Twitter story? Right. Why and, go ahead. And, and, you know, because the question is, why would you not cover it? It is the story of stories because from their point of view, Elon Musk now is the devil. Somebody who voted for Obama, mm-hmm. Hillary, mm-hmm. and Biden, mm-hmm. as he pointed out over the weekend. Right. And he's the bad guy, so why would you not go full bore on this? As Joe Concha wrote in TheHill.com, but instead of this being the front-page story of the New York Times and the Washington Post or worthy of multiple segments on broadcast news, it's been complete and utter silence in most media outlets. On the day of and one day after the Twitter dump to Barry Weiss, that would have been on Friday, For example, The Times, The Post, CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, and MSNBC all avoided the story in their print and digital publications and on their airwaves. Regarding CBS, NBC, and ABC, this is particularly noteworthy because more than 20 million people watch their evening newscast when combining all the total viewers and therefore can drive the public conversation. Call it the bias of omission. We've talked about that many times, Mm -hmm. which is arguably worse than overt bias because the public is never told of information that may concern them or be of interest to them. Even if they write the article in their own bias, it can at least be debated. And, you know, they've acknowledged the story, even if they have a different opinion. Right. And then they go into, in, into you know, telling some of the things that we had mentioned last week of the press trying to deflect from it by saying, oh, Elon Musk doing the PR, or, or, uh, imagine throwing it all away to do PR work for the richest person in the world. That's when they went after uh, the uh, reporter, uh, Matt uh, uh, Taibbi. Mm-hmm. Uh, NBC went after Ben Collins went after him. You're doing PR work for the richest person in the world. Well, I don't care. Is it true? Is the information true or is it right. not true? Right. And as we all know, it's nobody's debating the credibility of what Elon Musk no. or or those reporters disseminating it. Michael Schellenberger, the latest, uh, Barry Weiss, formerly of the New York Times, uh, who says, I'm a liberal. I just I believe in freedom of speech. And the left has just gone way too far on it. And we know Elon Musk, if you voted for Obama, Hillary and Biden, you're a liberal. But you're a liberal who still believes a more traditional liberal that believes in freedom of speech and not the censorship fascist mindset that exists from a significant portion of the Democratic Party today. Right. And so, yeah. So you the interesting thing is, as they claim they're against, you know, this, you know, that that Elon Musk is taking away. Well, I don't know that he has some sort of fascist mindset for demanding transparency in his company and is becoming some kind of uh, PR head for the Nazis because he wants more transparency and more freedom of speech so you can decide 
they continue to censor the story. Right. Why are you censoring the story? Don't censor it. Right. Open it up. So it really is amazing as they claim one thing and do another. Well, and it all leads, you know, this quickly leads to, of course, the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden story, which if you're going to do this, then you're going to have to follow it all the way through. I'm wondering if how many are afraid of doing that. You know, when when um, the thread started from Barry Weiss on Thursday and then you had Matt. Thursday, Taibbi, I'm sorry, I, I forgot we had a three day weekend and Matt Taibbi came out on Friday and it was like, OK, man, is this going to be a a daily thing? Is this going to be how much in, I guess how much are we going to learn? I don't think that this is a slow roll on purpose. I think they're looking at it the way that, you know, each of them that that have been responsible for uh, uh, breaking it down and and releasing it, the individuals, uh, Taibbi and Barry Weiss and and uh, and uh, Schellenberger. It's just the way that it was always going to it, it would take me forever. So I'm just I'm kind of surprised that they're actually getting it done so and, quickly. But I'm wondering how much is is to come. And I want to say this because I said it in the first hour and mm-hmm. I want to make sure I say it in the last hour, too. Uh, I've I've uh, I have a different different opinion. Uh, I now believe it's the I believe Elon Musk is now releasing it the right way. I believe using all of these reports, if you use just one. You know, yeah. when yeah. Taibbi right. first came out, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. OK, I don't know. I. Wish he would have just he couldn't have just released it. He needed people. These are the people that are disseminating the information so we know who they are. We know Schellenberger, we know who he is, we know Barry Weiss, we know uh, Taibi who he is. You none of these people are conservatives. Right. I mean they're not cons- they're not part of the conservative media at all, and they're the ones disseminating the information. Right. And somebody had to do that, so he's actually giving you full transparency by saying these are the people that took all this information and put it into this story form so people can understand what happened. Mm-hmm. And this is what they do as their profession. And here's who they are. So I have I was wrong on that. Yeah. Did you hear me? Well, my question is, how could there be others that are that are also involved in it going forward? Could be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm really curious to see how much more we're going to learn. Well, we now know that when the left accused, everyone on the left accused the right. I don't know anyone on the left that didn't accuse the right of basically conspiracy theory for saying that Twitter was shadow right. uh, uh, banning. Right. Blocking. Right. Shadow banning. Shadow banning. Shadow mm-hmm. banning. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's well, but that's why in, you know, I mean, it's been going on for years and it really was compartmentalized and labeled as conspiracy theory the right wing is just paranoid ah they're paranoid because they don't have as many followers or no one's reacting to what they're saying by the way which is also another effect of it not only are you limiting how many people will see whatever it is they're putting on twitter you're also making that user believe that's not worthy of putting on twitter that's not really what people are interested in when there's much less feedback on something like that. 
Because there is a reward, a behavior and reward kind of situation. When people are reacting, when they're mm-hmm. interacting, that, that this right. is how the algorithms were all built. It was designed to be that way. You get more like buttons, you get more shares, you get people more comments. And when that happens, that tells you, oh, there's interest in this. When you are shadow banned or when that story is limited and throttled down and you go, oh, I guess people aren't interested in that. You know, the Elton John tweet where he said he's gone but really didn't explain it, Mm -hmm. explained it horribly. He got pounded. Oh, yeah. Just got because it was really a weak response. Right. From Elton John. Right. That he's not going to go off Twitter. Yeah. Well, okay. Bye. See ya. You know, I mean, if you if if you have to make the announcement, I'm leaving Twitter. That says something about you. You believe you're all you're self-important and that that will lead to others doing the same. And that there will be. Oh, no. Elton John's leaving Twitter. First, you have to explain to a younger generation who Elton John is. I'm a fan of his music, but grow up. 86690-RED-EYE. Just how big of an impact did Hurricanes Ian and Nicole have on Florida's orange crop? Some answers are found in USDA's latest orange production forecast. According to Mark Hudson of the National Agricultural Statistics Service, One thing, what it really affected was the drop. With numbers pointing to a substantial rise in drop of both Sunshine State Valencia and non-Valencia varieties from the previous report. Non-Valencia in October was 37.8, now it's 70.8. For our Valencias, we have a drop this season of 55%. What we projected back in October was 33%. The Adjusted production numbers for Florida oranges, 20 million boxes total, indicates... If it's realized, it's the smallest orange crop since the 1937-1938 season when 19.1 million boxes was produced. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, H6690 Red Eye. And the problem for the Democrats right now is the fact that Elon Musk is a Democrat. He's a liberal. You know, he said it over the weekend when he was being criticized. He said, sorry, I voted for Hillary, Obama, and Biden. I never voted for Trump. Yeah. Nothing to do with it. It has to do with, it has to do with uh, uh, free speech. It has to do with censorship. It's obvious what this is, uh, what this is about. And the fact is he is such a focal point uh, in American pop culture. He really is. Mm-hmm. And now he's considered a folk hero because he's taking on the establishment and he's taking on the uh, the elite media and government 
who are hiding the truth from the American public. That's well, the story. Yeah. And and they're in they're in collusion to keep the truth from Americans and he's the superman <laughs> who is saying, "Hey, I got 44 billion, I'm buying it and I'm exposing what you're doing." These things aren't done. It's a huge story. People are paying attention to it, and the Democrats and the media don't have an answer for it. And it has the potential of shaping other social media, including YouTube, if he's going to compete with YouTube in terms of video content. then And and you have users more and more, because he believes, and he said it, he believes on monetization. They can do better for the users, the creators, the content creators mm-hmm. yep. than YouTube. Well, if that's the case, then YouTube has to reconsider their policies and other social media the same. McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So just reading some headlines here, okay? Kevin McCarthy pledges subpoenas for 51 intel agents in the wake of the Hunter Biden Twitter files uh, revelations, which will be interesting to see who, mm. who they, yeah. you know, who, who, who they get up there. So that that's, that's one headline. Uh, right there. Here's a couple of other headlines from the opposite point of view. Hunter Biden lawyers considering defamation lawsuits against who? The laptop? Yeah. Who you go? Who you? Who you going to go after? You've defamed my client. Well, who you going to go after? And then Democrat groups planning to trash probe a Biden family investigation. That's the one I think we, you and I discussed earlier and had a great laugh over it. How? Well, it's, this, isn't, this, isn't like, this isn't like Russia collusion where there were all these allegations, but nobody could ever provide proof. I don't where, have to plan a response to anything. You know, that, this whole, oh, they're planning a response. They're planning it. Respond. Well, why haven't you been a part of it all along? Yeah, I don't think I've ever planned a response. I, I sit there, I look at what they say, I go, here's my response. I don't see, need I'll, to plan the response. Thursday's not good. Maybe maybe Friday. Nah, we're getting too close to Christmas. Uh, maybe in January. I mean, clearly the management at CBS News, they plan way, <laughs> way, way into the distant future. <laughs> but... Who needs to plan anything? <laughs> CBS planned in late October of 2020 that in oh uh, two years and uh, a, two years and a month, yeah, a little over a month, that they would finally recognize that the Hunter Biden laptop was real. They just now reported that Sonny and Cher are no longer a couple. <laughs> uh, 
Savage, I'm sorry. I'm we just want to make sure we saying, get it right. So, so they missed Sonny's death 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, they haven't reported that yet. Yeah. Okay. That'll be years from now. So, yeah, um, I mean, it's, it, it, but you know, that's, that's the bogus part of it. Oh, we're, we're planning a, yeah, okay, whatever. I, I find this one of the most fascinating topics because we're at a point now where something is dominant in the news. Mm-hmm. The left has no defense about what is happening in Twitter or where the whole Twitter story leads, which is Hunter Biden's laptop. They have no defense for any of it. They keep threatening. They'll deflect onto other issues, but they cannot touch the substance of what's going on, which is why, as we read to you earlier, they're all ignoring what's going on at Twitter right now because they can't respond to it. They were a part of it, and they can't respond to it. Right. They were a part mm-hmm. of the entire uh, media. The the uh, let me see the media political complex conglomerate. Oh, conglomerate. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We need to come up with a word for that for yeah. what it is. Yeah. The 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 no the media liberal cartel. <laughs> yeah. I watched, I watched Cocaine Cowboys one and two yesterday. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, the Pentaver, the media Pentaver, Pentaver. I like that. The Pentaver. Yeah. Yes, that's even better. And the Rothschilds, and the Colonel with his wee bitty eyes. But they were all, and and the the problem that we and this is why this is so fascinating to me because normally you can say there's two sides. Okay, mm-hmm. here's our side. There's our there's 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 here's the one side. The truth from Elon Musk, the laptop, the story there, which is, we know, all true now. And there's the other side, the opposition, that has no talking points to debate anything except deflect on personal attacks of other things yeah. to Elon Musk. Right. Or take one part, well, he's wrong on here. It's not a freedom of speech, constitutional freedom of speech issue. It's not, it's not because the Biden campaign wasn't a part of the government and neither was the DNC. Yeah, but the FBI was. Yeah. Oh, we're just ignoring that part of the story. Mm-hmm. We're ignoring that part. That part doesn't exist. The the, <laughs> the entire story of James Baker, of Jim Baker, we're just ignoring completely to make our point. They don't have any talking points to defend their position, and they were all involved in hiding these stories. These are the biggest stories of the last six years, some of them the biggest stories in political history of the United States. When you look at, for example, uh, Trump Russia collusion mm-hmm. that will go down, and it was all false. It was all false. They never had any evidence, and they promoted the lie for the longest time. And Twitter and Facebook had no problem. All the media covered it, including us. The conservative media covered the points to show yeah. you the difference of the conservative media and the liberal media. Fox News covered everything that went on. We covered everything that went on. Conservative Talk Radio covered everything that went on. You and mm-hmm. I started on January 2nd yeah. of 2017 mm-hmm. and said, where did this collusion come from? And we talked about it for, well. <laughs> We're talking about it right now. We're talking now, about so, it now. Yeah. So, yeah, over uh, almost six years. Mm-hmm. Because January 2nd, a couple of weeks, will be six years 
We talked about every aspect of it. We weren't afraid to cover the story. Why are they afraid to cover the story? Why is the New York Times afraid to cover the story? Why do they cower in fear at the Washington Post, at NBC, at ABC, at CBS? What are they afraid of? Well, you know, because, look, it's easy with uh, Hunter Biden. I know why he wants to file a lawsuit. He loves getting paid for doing nothing. But in the media, (laughs) in the media, it's very clear because when you have put that much effort into something, into forming a narrative, and for so long believed, because think about this, go back to, Go back to 2020 and the New York Post story on the laptop and the whole thing. They believed they had won everything forever. Look, Jack is watching out for us at Twitter. Zuckerberg may be weird, but he's watching out for us over at Facebook. Google, they got us covered. We've won this. And we're going to win the election by stamping all this out. We don't need to. We just look. We just point and ah, oh, those weirdos at the New York Post. Ah, uh, this is ah. Uh, come on, give me fifty-one so-called intelligence experts and have them all say the same thing. Have them sign a letter and we'll move on. This they had. They believed that they had won the narrative forever. Elon Musk. I'm going to buy Twitter and take it private. Uh, I'm sorry, huh? And when he starts putting the Twitter files out, they lose their ever-loving mind. Now he is a Nazi. If you didn't read Finman's comments. And that's it. You know, that's that's where they go. Venman doesn't back it up and say why this is wrong. He doesn't get into specifics because he has nothing. Yeah, they they can't get into specifics. And this is a great opportunity to point out again because it's so obvious. I mean, the silence is deafening. It really, really and, and yeah. this, this issue it is to point out that the New York Times, the Washington Post, ABC, NBC, and, and CBS, not that they don't have journalists on there, but their goal is political activism. Mm. They do have some journalists that work there, and they do cover some stories, but on – the the big the big narratives of what they, of what they believe uh, it's about political activism it's about moving what they believe forward and they don't care whether they cover a story correctly or not they don't care whether they defame um, <clears throat> the Sarah Palin editorial from the New York Times remember mm-hmm. that one yes. yeah right you know they don't care they don't care if they're proven wrong they don't have shame they don't think. Like, oh, we're journalists. We got that story wrong. Oh, we should feel ashamed. No. They simply say, okay, we got a lot of usage out of that. We kept this narrative going for a year and a half. All right, they finally figured it out. Next. Yep. There is no shame. You and I said this after the Mueller report came out, and I forgot which Republican came out and said, well, I hopefully that, you know, these journalists will get back to, uh, you know, understanding that they were, you know, they were bamboozled this whole time and they'll get back to journalistic practices. And we told those Republicans who said that at the point, stop it. They're not. That's like asking a hockey player to be a basketball player. Mm -hmm. 
Don't ask political activists to become journalism. Don't be that naive or ignorant as to what they're doing. They're not journalists. They don't care about the truth. They're not like, we care about, all right, what's the issue out there? Okay, I'll give you my opinion on it. But we are not going to argue something that we know or promote something that we know is untrue. It's a waste of time. Forget about being unethical when you're in this position that we're in. It's a waste. I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. If I wish to move my narrative forward, I can do it with the truth. I don't need to lie. They do. Yeah, they do because they see themselves as the hero. I'm the hero. Look at me. Well, they also can't argue. They can't win in the arena of ideas. They know they can't. Which is why you don't open it up for debate. So they they just simply say, well, the other side, it's hate. And so we can't allow that. It's hate or disinformation, and we can't allow that as the three biggest stories that they all got together and colluded together Hmm. with. The, they were completely wrong, completely 100% wrong on Russia collusion and Trump involved in Russia collusion. Mm-hmm. That was made up by the Hillary campaign. Yep. They sold that. They were all wrong. Hunter Biden, all wrong. COVID, all wrong. And I say all wrong because they only allowed one theory that was a political narrative and not the both theories of whether it was uh, by nature or whether it came from a lab they didn't know so they were wrong because they didn't allow half of the story to be printed they were right. wrong because they kept uh, uh medical doctors who said the lockdowns aren't good which now it, it, that's almost a common belief isn't it although we could have done it a different way than lockdowns right yeah. right right and we didn't we didn't need to do this children no, we didn't need to do what we did to the children. That's almost like commonplace now. Twitter and the media did everything they could in social media to block those opinions from being out there. And they were wrong yep. on all of them. Right. They were the ones pr- uh, promoting the disinformation right. and keeping the truth from the American public. And now they're calling <laughs> Elon Musk. A Nazi? Yeah. Wow. Because that's how they think. That's how they think? That's how they behave. If you don't believe the way that I believe, even though I can't defend the way that I believe, you're a Nazi. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right. There's language in a new bill, in a new bill now introduced in Congress, the Federal Aviation Administration Reauthorization Bill, asking the Federal Aviation Administration to reconsider and allow the use of single pilots first in cargo aircraft. Hmm. Not surprisingly, air. Uh, airline pilots are loudly protesting the idea, claiming that it would diminish 
the a safety discipline and culture that's been responsible for the safest 25 years in commercial aviation. In the history of aviation, pilots unions argue it's about the airlines saving money and could compromise safety. And then they go on to the number of airplane crashes that you had two pilots on. And right, on. yeah. Right. But the yeah. fact is, the doesn't matter whether it would be perfectly safe or not. The public won't go for it. Well, that's it. I mean, at, at the end of it, it's if you're going to get this beyond cargo flights, then you're going to have to get into passenger flights and would people get on board a plane. I'll, I'll say also for the pilots, bathroom breaks would be tricky. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, it's not going to, it's, well, I'll just say this. It's not going to fly. Uh, that's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. And it's, you know, this is, again, um, you know, let's let's see if we can fix the problem on Capitol Hill. That's not going to happen. They're talking about an American Eagle flight here. Uh, last 10 days hmm. from Chicago to Columbus, the pilot. Heart attack. Yeah, right. Uh, first officer took over, landed the plane. Right. Pilot died. Mm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So those stories get out there. No way the public will. No, 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 no. Won't agree to it. Nope. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.